At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. My thanks to Dave Ross joining me as we broke down Championship Sunday in the NFL. You follow Dave on Twitter at DRoss Sports. You can follow me at Scott's On Air. And coming up about 15 minutes or so, we'll be joined by our very own uh, VSIN sports betting analyst, Adam Burke, Skating Tripods. On Twitter, Adam, of course, does a great job at vcin.com, Point Spread Weekly, and in your daily subscriber emails in Burke's Betting Blurb. So we'll talk to Adam about uh, Championship Sunday and some other things coming up about 15 minutes or so. Uh, real quick, I was going over the NHL results, and if you had listened to the show last night when we gave out some hockey plays, first play we gave out, Penguins on the puck line. It was uh, a favorite, so we considered parlaying it with something, right? Well, the Penguins won 6-3. to three. But what did we say to parlay it with? We said parlay it with the Panthers on the puck line. Panthers beat the Jets 5-3. to three. The other game we gave out was the Predators over the Kraken. Nashville wins 4-2. to two. Really nice night. Oh, and the other one we talked about was the over- in the Golden Knights-Hurricanes game because, as I predicted, uh, Brossois was in net instead of Robin Leonard and Vegas on the second out of a back-to-back. Maybe the legs just weren't underneath them, and that was a 4-3 final, which does go over. In fact, if you just look at all the games in the NHL here on Tuesday, favorites went a perfect 8-0. and Moneyline parlay on all the favorites, congratulations. A perfect 8-0 on Tuesday in the NHL. In fact, of those eight wins, five of them covered the minus one-and-a-half puck line. So the favorites went five and three on the minus one-and-a-half puck line. That's crazy. Overs went five, two, and one. The only push was the 5-1 win Stars over the Devils. It was a total of six, pushed at six. Biggest favorite of the day, the Penguins, minus 460 against the Coyotes. They actually were losing 3-2 before just dominating the third period. So that's the latest on what went down in the NHL. Now, we have a small schedule for Wednesday, but there are some interesting spots, okay? 
You got the Maple Leafs hosting the Ducks. Leafs are minus 290. Capitals welcome in the Sharks. Caps are minus 210. Uh, the Flames are minus 180 at the Blue Jackets. Red Wings minus 125 at home against the Blackhawks. And the game of the night, the Avalanche minus 180 at home against the Bruins. Uh, total of six in that game. I'll tell you right now, I'd like Boston at the plus money value. Uh, plus 155, I do like. The better bet in that game, if you don't mind the juice, Boston plus a goal and a half is minus 145. The Avalanche right now are playing incredible hockey. No one's going to deny that. First place in the Central Division. This is a team that started out slow, but has really picked it up. They have won 16 straight at home now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight wins. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and one since the Christmas slash COVID break. The Avs are on fire. They have looked great. They have looked like the team that was the favorite to win the President's Trophy. Um, So it's just been incredible. They tied the 1976 Boston Bruins for the fifth longest home winning streak in NHL history. It's a franchise record, 16 straight wins at home. You look at their last couple of games, though. 2-0 over Chicago, 3-2 over Montreal, 4-1 over LA, 2-0 over Anaheim. What those games have in common is that they've all gone under. This, yes, is the highest scoring team in the NHL, but they've been playing a lot of under games. Boston is also a top-tier team. They are you know, middle of the Atlantic standings, but that's because they have Florida and Tampa Bay in their division. You know, they're they're 24-13-2, and and they've had some goaltender issues, which concerns me just a bit. Uh, They're coming off a 5-3 loss against Anaheim, but they have, since their reset, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and three since the reset. So we're talking about uh, two teams that are playing really good hockey here ever since the Christmas COVID break. And matching up against each other, this just feels like a prove it game. You know, like a measuring stick game that I think is going to have a playoff-like atmosphere. And I like the under six. And I do think that Boston has a very good shot to pull off an upset. But more importantly, I think Boston keeps it close. So the plus one and a half on the puck line, to me, would be the play here on Boston. Rather than chase the plus money on the money line, Take them at plus a goal and a half on the puck line. Now, if you don't want to lay minus 145, there are a couple of plays here that you could parlay it with. I think the Capitals are going to beat the Sharks. 
Um, I'm just going to call it for what it is. The Sharks have lost four of their last five games. They lost Eric Carlson, and that is absolutely going to affect them defensively. Um, He's going to be out now for some time, so there's going to be an adjustment period for that defense. But this is a team that has not looked good. They just got blown out by Tampa 7-1. to They lost to Seattle, which is, I mean, that's embarrassing. Seattle's not that good. Um, and, you know, a couple, like I said, they've lost four of their last five games, so they're not in good form, plus the loss of Eric Carlson affecting them. Washington, meanwhile, they're coming off a game where they lost to Vegas, Um where Robin Leonard was just incredible. Dude stood on his head and even took a shot to the mask that dented his cage. But he pitched the shutout. He was great. All the power play opportunities for the Capitals, nothing came through. And so they lose one nothing to Vegas. I just don't see them losing too straight, and I certainly don't see them losing to San Jose who, um, you know, is just coming cross-country, and uh, I just I don't like it. I think it's a bad spot for the Sharks. So if you want to take Capitals, minus 205, that's interesting on the money line. If you want to parlay that with the Bruins puck line, or I think the Caps do win by more than one, take the Caps on the puck line. We're going to build a fun hockey parlay here for Wednesday. The other game I like is uh, Toronto. I mean, this is this team is this team is good. I know they've been up and down lately. They've had like kind of like back and forth wins and losses, and they lost to Arizona, which is inexcusable. Um, the postponements, I think, have messed up their rhythm a bit. Um, most recently, they lost to the Rangers, but then they beat the Islanders. Now they're at home against Anaheim. Also, it's a it's a long travel for Anaheim. Uh, well, naturally, Anaheim's coming from Boston, but. Anaheim just beat Boston 5-3. to They beat Tampa 5-1. to So the Ducks are surging, right? They have won two straight games. Their power play is playing really, really well. Um, they're second to Vegas in the Pacific Division standings. Prior to this two-game winning streak, though, this team lost four straight games. And this, to me, seems like a game where... We could see some goals. Total is six. Kind of like it to go over. It's actually at five. You can get five and a half right now up on DraftKings at minus 125. I think Toronto wins, but I think we get some goals. And I'll go over five and a half Ducks and Maple Leafs rather than pick a side. I do think Toronto wins. I just don't like laying the minus 280. And the puck line would be a way to go here, but the 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 back-to-back wins for the Ducks kind of scare me. Maybe they're finding themselves. Like I said, the power play has looked excellent. Uh, Troy, uh, um, you know Terry's playing really well. I think he's got like twenty-three something goals on the season. So I might just stay away from the side there and go with the total. Um, Calgary. Minus 185, don't like the price there. And Chicago, Detroit, I'm going to stay away from that game. So three-leg parlay, Bruins plus a goal and a half, Capitals 
minus a goal and a half. And the over five and a half in the Ducks Leafs gives us a plus 584 hockey parlay for Wednesday. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S. O-N-A-I-R. You can follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our sports betting analyst here at VSIN, vsin.com, point spread weekly, and of course, your daily subscriber emails, Burke's Betting Blurbs. He is Adam Burke on Twitter at Skating Tripods. He joins me coming up next, right here on the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. the Sports Betting Network. Make your next bet. Be sure to visit vcin.com to check current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. One of our contributors to vcin.com and Point Spread Weekly, as well as your daily subscriber emails. If you read your Burke's betting blurbs, he is our sports betting analyst, Adam Burke, at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Joining me, Scott Seidenberg, right here on The Look Ahead on vcin. And Adam, after that weekend that we just had in the NFL, I don't know about you, no matter what happens this weekend, it's not going to top what we just saw. No, that was probably the best weekend of football that we've ever seen playoffs or otherwise. And maybe even capped off by the best game we've ever seen in that bills and chiefs matchup, just with all the drama and, and everything happening so late. So yeah, very tough act to follow here for these two games to be sure. Well, a tough act for the chiefs to follow now and having to welcome in the upstart Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I'm not buying into any letdown. There's no letdown here in the playoffs. Um, I'm not buying into any fatigue after, you know, expounding energy in that game. But are the Bengals and a touchdown underdog the favorable side here in this matchup, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, 
I think there's something to be said about how well Cincinnati's played defensively here in the postseason. And I understand that the Raiders and the Titans are, are nowhere near the Chiefs. I, I totally get that. But Lou Anarumo's done a really good job putting together game plans. This is a Bengals defense that I think was a little bit underrated throughout the course of the season. And look, seven is a lot with Joe Burrow in this offense. So you know, I feel like at this point in time, even though I haven't played a side, I'm still kind of waiting to see where this line ends up going. I think you have to lean with the Bengals a little bit here in this one, but I'm kind of more interested in the total for this game, Scott. Oh, I, I'm all I'm all over the total. And uh, if you're on the over, then you're with me because I think that this is the safest play of the weekend, Adam. I mean, I look at the game that obviously those two teams played late in the season. The Chiefs have played, what, seven straight overs. And then I also look at the last three AFC Championship games at Arrowhead where all three games went over this number. I think that we're clearly getting a game that goes over 54 and a half. What about you? I actually like the under in this one. All right. Well, um, give me, give, you know, me and, give me the arguments. I'd love, I'd love to hear this. All right. Well, you know, look, I, I think first of all, when you look at where this total closed last week between the bills and the chiefs, the idea that this total with the Bengals and the chiefs could close higher than that. And mm. it's certainly trending that way. I think that's just a little bit of a mispricing. I mean, look, I understand these two teams played a 34, 31 game during the regular season. I realized both teams had over seven yards per play in that game. So the recent data point we have does point to offense in this one, but let's keep in mind here. There were 34 points scored in the fourth quarter and overtime of that bills chiefs game last week. I know it flew way over the total, but it was a game that was trending probably pretty close to the number up until things went really haywire there in the fourth quarter. So I just from basically it's just kind of on principle alone that the idea that a bills chiefs game would close lower than a Bengals chiefs game. And you know, I just, I, I have to bet the under in that kind of situation. Are you concerned at all about just the history, like the past three AFC championship games at Arrowhead, just the, the way that those have all played out with the amount of points being scored? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, last year obviously was a bills and chiefs game and wasn't quite as high scoring as the one that we saw here this past weekend, but you know, look, I, I understand, you know, that the chiefs are the type of team that, you know, they've got explosive plays out the wazoo. They're going to come up with something with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, someone's going to end up breaking a big play. And those are things that you really don't want when you've got an under. But I also think that to some degree here, you know, Zach Taylor, maybe he goes into this game and says, look, we have to outscore Kansas city, which is the same thing that Brian Dable kind of said last week. We have to outscore this team to win because we're not going to shut them down. Maybe that's the game plan that Zach Taylor goes into it with. Maybe that's the game plan Zach Taylor went into the game with during the regular season. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like maybe a first half under is maybe a safer kind of play because these two teams are, these two offenses are hard to hold down. But I just, again, like I said, from a line equity standpoint, I mean, this total open 51, that's where the number probably should have been in the minds of the odds makers. I don't think that we could say they're four points off on a total this late in the year. Do you think, I think not many people are talking about the Chiefs defense. You know, everyone's giving them credit for the win over the Bills. But I don't think it can be ignored that that defense allowed Josh Allen and the Bills twice in under two minutes left in regulation to march right down the field and score a go-ahead touchdown. I don't think that can be overlooked here going into this game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. And, and like I said, I mean, it's, you know, it's not a side that a lot of people are going to want to be on. I fully understand that. It's just, 
I can't wrap my head around the idea that a Bengals Chiefs total would oh, be no, higher I'm, than I'm, a Bills. I'm saying for backing the Bengals here. Like, I just think that, you know, maybe this Chiefs defense is susceptible and the Bengals can score on them. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I certainly think that's possible. You know, you look at what Cincinnati is able to do in spite of the fact that their offensive line is just pathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow got hit a ton by the Titans defense and they were still able to find a way to win that game. You know, the Chiefs have a decent pass rush. It's not anything that, you know, jumps off the page in any discernible way, but you know, obviously Burrow and this offense firing on all cylinders, Zach Taylor's the guy who got much more aggressive as the season went along. Yeah. I think you could certainly say that the chiefs defense is a little bit vulnerable. I just sort of wonder how the game kind of plays out here. You know, do we see more running attempts from Mahomes and the chiefs? Do we see Joe Mixon get some more carries mm. in hopes for the Bengals of kind of slowing down that chiefs offense, playing a little bit of keep away. I think we could see kind of a timid start to this one. So maybe that's kind of my thought process, but I agree with you. I don't think this chiefs defense is really all that great. Where do you think this line eventually ends up by the time we get to kick off on Sunday? You know, I think it's a really challenging question, but I would say that we probably stay at the seven. And I think that at some point in time, there will be some group of influential betters like me, but not that I'm influential, but just has mm-hmm. the same thought process as me of this total is going to get to a point where it's simply too high. And maybe that's 55 and a half. Maybe that's 56, which is a quasi key number when it comes to totals. I think at some point in time, under money will show up here. Maybe push this thing back to 54 and a half. Okay. Uh, I think probably seven and 54 and a half is what I think. Uh, what about the Rams and the 49ers? We know the Niners have been a publicly bet team now two weeks in a row in the postseason. It's at three and a half. Uh, any chance we see this thing, you know, get back down to three with enough people coming in on the 49ers with the hook? You know, I we may see it touch three just with a sports book trying to figure out kind of where they would stand if they, they came down to three. I understand San Francisco's won six in a row. They won the two regular season meetings, but I think there are enough people that have the Rams highly rated and clearly a better team than San Francisco to keep this thing primarily at three and a half. But I think, you know, we could see a book that's kind of exposed on the San Francisco side, go to three and see what happens. But I think three and a half is the number here. I'm all over the Rams and and I've just been, maybe I'm disrespectful of the 49ers, but I haven't been impressed by them this playoffs. You know, the Cowboys did everything in their power to lose that game. And then if not for a blocked punt last week, even with Aaron Rodgers playing terribly, the 49ers don't win that game because they did nothing offensively. And now you have Debo Samuel a little bit banged up. Jimmy obviously didn't look good last week. I just don't think that the 49ers have been playing that great football in the playoffs here. Defensively, they have. I mean, D'Amico Ryans has put together two outstanding game plans against two very difficult offenses to face in the Cowboys and the Packers. They get another difficult offense here this week in the Rams, but a Rams offense that they held to 5.1 yards per play in the first game and 4.1 yards per play in the second game. Defensively, San Francisco matches up very, very well here. Offensively, completely understand the concerns. They're very much justified. But to me, I think that's why you kind of look towards the under in this game. And I know the under is taking a little bit of money. It's down to 46. But I think San Francisco just matches up well defensively here. And the two data points we have this season show it. And you can't use that, well, it was Jared Goff excuse because it's been Matt Stafford in these two regular season games. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've been impressed with Stafford, though, in the playoffs. 
And something that I think would be the X factor here is the turnover game. You know, in, in those regular season matchups, he turned the football over, and that's what led really to the 49ers winning those games. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, again, though, you know, 5.1 and 4.1 yards per play. And in that first game, it was a 31 to 10 game. And the Rams only had 10 rushing attempts against 42 pass attempts and still barely got over five yards per play. So I'm worried about this Los Angeles offense a little bit. this game. All right, let's talk more about this Rams game coming up. Plus, we'll get into the NBA coming up next. Hang on with me. Okay, Adam. All right, sounds good, Scott. He's Adam Burke. He's our sports betting analyst here at VSIN. Uh, read him, vsin.com. Point spread weekly, each and every week. And then every single day when you wake up, your daily subscriber email, Burke's betting blurbs are available for you each and every morning with just tremendous insight and information, not just picks, but information about the world of sports betting. So he's Adam Burke. I'm Scott Seidenberg. More on the NFC Championship game and then a little NBA coming up next year on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin. If you head to vcin.com or if you are a subscriber, you read Adam Burke all of the time with incredible articles and information available each week in Point Spread Weekly and every morning in your daily subscriber emails. You follow Adam on Twitter at Skating Tripods. And Adam, one final thought here on the uh, conference championship games. We always love betting props, and when I look at the 49ers against the Rams, the the one that really jumps out to me is Debo Samuel as a multi-touchdown scorer. Are you concerned about him being a little bit banged up coming into this game, or do we throw that to the wind and we just say, if he plays, he's going to be Debo Samuel, which is the focal point of this 49ers offense? Yeah, I think it's a good question. You know, I mean, again, we, we don't know how banged up he is. I know Kyle Shanahan's saying that, you know, he's fine. He's just a little bit hurt, uh, a little bit ailing, you know, kind of not trying to push it too much here during game week. I, you know, is that gamesmanship? Is he kind of covering up for a star player? I don't really know. I think it's a very, very fair question to ask. What's interesting to me is that the 49ers did it in different ways, you know, through the two games. Garoppolo was pretty efficient, actually, in both of them, but they ran the football a lot in the first game. They had to throw the football to play catch up in the second game. So game state really matters a lot here. I think, you know, how do they use Debo? Is it as a runner? Is it as a receiver? I don't know. I think it's a really difficult thing to try to figure out without, you know, kind of seeing how this thing's playing out live. Yeah. I just, I love getting that plus money on Debo to score multiple touchdowns just because I think you could have one rushing and one receiving. Uh, and that's, he's right now you're getting plus 500 to score two touchdowns for Debo Samuel. 
let's move on here. Um, I know you've got an, a great article on vcin.com. It's going to be available in Point Spread Weekly about teams to uh, back and teams to fade in college basketball. Before I ask you which teams are, fall into the category, how are you coming to these conclusions? Like, what is it about uh, the box scores or about the play that is pushing you to fade a team or to back a team? Yeah, so I mean, really, it's a variety of factors. You know, it's just sort of looking for teams that fit a, a few different criteria. One of them is, you know, to look at a team that's in line for some regression to the mean. You know, a, a team that is overperforming, you know, from three-point range, or maybe a team that's gotten really fortunate defensively. You know, opponents have missed a lot of shots, missed a lot of shots at the rim, something like that. Another thing I look for is, you know, strength of schedule. You know, there's one really good one uh, coming out of the whack with Abilene Christian who was in the Southland conference last year, they've played the toughest strength of schedule in conference. So far, they've played pretty much all of the really good teams in that conference. Now the schedule takes a big step down for them over the next five games. So you can run into situations where maybe a team looks bad because of the teams that they've been playing against. But then when they take that step down in class, maybe that's when you want to kind of pile in a little bit and look for them to you know, get back to where they should be, or at a minimum, you know, play some teams that they can actually handle. So it has to do with the metrics. It has to do with the schedule. And of course, too, you look for teams that, you know, have really, really good against the spread records. The books are going to start reacting to those and maybe shade those teams up a point or two. And at that point, you probably want to look to go against them. Uh, one team that you have as a fade team, their 14 point favorites coming up here Wednesday night. That is North Carolina. Why are the Tar Heels a team to fade moving forward? So North Carolina to me is a team, especially over the last seven games, they've not played particularly well in terms of defending the three opponents are shooting over 38% from beyond the arc against them. And North Carolina is a team that's in the bottom five nationally in turnover percentage on defense. They are not turning opponents over and they're giving up a lot of good looks from three that teams are making against them. Now it hasn't hurt them too much. And it didn't hurt them the other night against Virginia tech, much to my chagrin because I was on the Hokies, mm. but you know, it's really hard to cover numbers if you're not getting those extra possessions, if you're not taking the basketball away from the opposition. And particularly, particularly when you talk about a game with a spread of 14 or something like that, it's very difficult. You have to be very efficient defensively because you're not going to steal those possessions away. So I, I'm looking to fade North Carolina here, not only in this game on Wednesday, but as we go forward as well. All right, that'll be one to circle for sure. Uh, speaking of circled spots, uh, anything circled on the NBA schedule here for Wednesday? Yeah, I got a couple of things on the NBA schedule. And in fact, I wrote this piece up in Point Spread Weekly last week about some of the spots I look for on terms of the NBA. You look for scheduling spots because, you know, look, I mean, they play 82 games, but these teams know when to flip the switch, know when to turn it on, when to turn it off. You can kind of look at the schedule and see if maybe you can isolate a game where a star player is not going to play something like that. But there's a really good spot in the Suns and jazz game. I think here on Wednesday where the jazz are a little bit of a home underdog in the second game of a home and home. And when you look at what happened on Monday night as uh, Phoenix won that game by six, but the jazz had a higher field goal percentage, a higher three point percentage, higher free throw percentage, more free throw attempts, and still found a way to lose that game. And it's because the Suns had 11 more offensive rebounds than they did. Well, Utah's a top 10 team in terms of defensive rebounding percentage. So I wouldn't expect that to happen again. 
this falls under what I call the rapid revenge theory, where yes. you lose a game to a team, you play them again, you want that win back. So I really like Utah here on Wednesday night as one of the situational plays. Yeah, and uh, they, well, we know Mitchell's out, but Gobert didn't play in that game. Royce, Royce O'Neal didn't play in that game, and they still found a way to be very competitive against the, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, what about the Mavericks playing the second out of a back-to-back to get blown out by the Warriors and now they play the second night here against the Trailblazers. They are a small four-point favorite on the road. Yeah, you know, I think in those situations, you want to know why. You want to know why that game was such a blowout. I mean, did Golden State just shoot the lights out? Did Dallas, you know, just kind of take the night off? Was Luka Doncic bad? Because, you know, if Luka Doncic is bad or doesn't play, it's very difficult for Dallas to you know, really hang around in a lot of games. To me, if there's nothing that really stands out from an injury standpoint or something like that, I generally expect the team to bounce back after getting embarrassed. You know, I know it's the second night of a back-to-back. It's a bad rest spot for a team like Dallas. But at the same time, when you get embarrassed, particularly when you get embarrassed by a team that's you know, at the top of your conference or something like that, you really want to erase that bad memory the next night. So not saying it's the sole justification for a play. These spots never are but they are starting points for a handicap that allow you to dig a little bit deeper into the game. And for me, now that you mentioned that, you know, I'll take an extended look at Dallas here tomorrow and see if they're able to bounce back from that embarrassing performance. What about the magic at home against the Clippers? The Clippers just became what the second team in however many years to have a 35 point comeback. They scored seven. They came back. They scored seven points in nine seconds. The final nine seconds of the game. Do you realize that I saw this stat, Adam? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, If I could just pull it up real quick. Um, That teams were one and 16,239 over the past 20 years when trailing by seven or more with under 20 seconds left in regulation. The Clippers are the only team in the past 20 years to overcome that deficit and win the game in regulation. Are we fading this team now here against the Magic? I mean, I I don't really know how you come back from that. I mean, you you put so much effort, so much emphasis into coming back and erasing that deficit. And here's the problem. Orlando's won nine games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are an awful, awful basketball team. So taking them in a game that, you know, you kind of look at some of the early lines that are out there, it's it's kind of lined in the coin flip range, which is kind of ludicrous to think about. Yeah. But, you know, the, the spots really do dictate a, a lot of things in terms of the lines for the NBA, just with the expectation of, you know, maybe guys won't play or something like that. But look, the Clippers put a lot of effort and a lot of energy into coming back in a game like that. So, you do worry about it. I mean, maybe they you know, come out and kind of ride that wave in the first half, but how much juice is there in the second half, even against a really bad team like Orlando? I think that's kind of the question that you'd have to ask yourself. Uh, real quick, about 45 seconds or so, the Cavs, the best ATS team in the league, they're home dogs to the Milwaukee Bucks. Any thoughts there? You know, look, for Cleveland, I mean, this is kind of a litmus test measuring stick kind of game, you know, and, and typically I like to back up start types of teams when they get the chance to prove themselves, the difficulty here is that, you know, they've had some injuries here of late. They've had some guys kind of in and out of the lineup. Are they going to be in rhythm enough against the Bucks? It's a tough one for me. I'd probably lean with Cleveland, but not one that I'll probably have on my card, Scott. Adam, great stuff. As always, we'll be following on Twitter. We'll be reading in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly as well. Thanks again, bud. 
Have a good night. There he is, Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Points Red Weekly comes out uh, tomorrow, so you want to make sure that you pick that up and read the latest from Adam Burke. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Thanks to Adam Burke for joining me and uh, breaking down a variety of things. And, and I like some of the angles that he spoke about in the NBA, especially, you know, the short revenge. It's something that we've talked about with uh, our good friend James Alberino, who joins me each and every week on the program uh, about when a team loses that first game and they play another game, you know, within short a short time span, like 72 hours, they play against each other again. You usually like to back the team that loses that first game. The thing with the Jazz that does concern you a bit is uh, who's available. You know, they've obviously been a banged-up team. Uh, if, um, you know, Gobert plays, and we'll see uh, how they fare. Last time they played against the Suns, just the other night, we're talking about a team that, you know, Royce O'Neal didn't play, Joe Inglis didn't play. Um, it was really just Rudy Gay and Jordan Clarkson and Hassan Whiteside. So uh, curious to see... Who's going to be available for them in this matchup coming up here on Wednesday? Uh, but a couple of the other angles. Like, I really like, look, that spread is plus one for the Clippers and the Magic. There's got to be something to do here about the Clipper, you know, fading the Clippers coming back from down 35 points to stun the Wizards. I mean, think about that. The second largest NBA comeback since 96-97. 
Like, it's unbelievable. And this is, you know, think about this. They trailed 66-31 with a minute 20 left in the first half. And they are the first team in the past 25 seasons to erase a deficit of 24 points or more and win three times in a season. And all of these comebacks have happened in the month of January over the Nuggets, the Sixers, and the Wizards. I mean, just think about it. This month has been the month of comebacks for the Clippers. Here's what I'm curious, and let's work through this together. How have they done in the games following those comebacks? So the first comeback was the Nuggets game, right? So that was against the Nuggets where was that? Which game was that? Was that the 87-85 win? They were down 25. They came back to win that game. The next game they played, it wasn't the next night. They won that game on a Tuesday. The next game was on a Thursday at... The New Orleans Pelicans, they lose 113-89. The next comeback was against the 76ers. That game was a Friday. They came back from, what was it? I guess it was 24 maybe. Uh, They rallied to a 102-101 victory over the 76ers. The next game was Sunday at the Knicks, they lost 110-102. Now, they have this comeback victory, 35 points down. They beat Washington, and there's not a day off. It's the second out of a back-to-back now at Orlando. I tend to think that the Magic are the right side here. Plus, you look at this spread and you're like, huh? You got a nine-win Magic team. It's only plus one. I think that's why. I think that the expectation here is for the Clippers to fade them after this ridiculous comeback. Uh, Other spots in the NBA to take a look at here. The Mavericks in a bounce-back spot. You know, taking a look at this. You have a team that just got blown out. Right, Kristaps Porzingis get you know ejected from the game. They just very frustrated. Um, this was a close. You know they were down nine after the first quarter, and then they played well second and third quarter, fourth quarter just ran out of gas and it was over. And the Warriors just went on to just blow them out. One thirty ninety two, the final score there, as they get outscored by almost twenty in the fourth quarter alone. So now do the Mavericks, playing on the second night of a back-to-back, bounce back here against a Blazers team that has actually played pretty well as an underdog. Um, They covered here. Also, you know, Portland. this is also Portland playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Portland on Tuesday night covered against the Timberwolves. They were three-point dogs. 
they lost by two. Um, and it was because of a goaltending call. And they almost had this game. It came down to a um, three-pointer at the end by C.J. McCollum to tie the game at 107 with 10 seconds left. And then there was a goaltending call on Anthony Simmons that led to D'Angelo Russell getting credited with the basket, and uh, Anthony Simmons missed the potential winning shot at the end there. So there was your 109-107 final. So you have two teams coming off of a back-to-back. You have the Mavericks, who just got blown out against the Warriors, and you have the Blazers, who played a back-and-forth game against the Timberwolves. You know, they had a really dump that, you know, they had a lead going into the half, and then they get, you know, they lose the third quarter by 10 points, and there goes the lead, and they battle back in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. I think that's worth a fade. I think the Mavericks are the right side here. Both teams again on the second out of a back-to-back, but Mavericks looking to bounce back from the embarrassment. Blazers kind of, you know, struggled, tight game. I would go with uh, Dallas as the four-point road dog there. Um, I like the Grizzlies on the road against the Spurs. There's some really, really interesting spots here in the NBA. Uh, The Grizzlies are three-point favorites against the Spurs. Memphis is a good team. Talking about them defensively, the way that, you know, Jaron Jackson's been playing. Um, They are kind of been back and forth. After they had that really, you know, that impressive winning streak, um, you know, we're talking about a team that has really been back and forth lately. But kind of like them, the way that they've been playing overall. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, the Spurs are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. So I would lean towards, yeah, I'd lean towards the Grizzlies. Man, I might, I might really like this NBA card. Nuggets, Nets, no real feel for that game, especially with the Nets at home. It's James Harden by himself. They just, the Nets played here against uh, the, the Lakers, and they lose Anthony Davis's return. Nets playing the second night of a back-to-back, welcoming in the uh, Nuggets. Denver just played in Detroit and won 110-105. So, you know, how does Nikola Jokic and company do on the second night of a back-to-back with travel? playing against the Nets in Brooklyn, or really against James Harden by himself. Uh, Nets are minus one and a half, so it's really a short spread there. The Bulls are four-point favorites at home against the Raptors. Um, Don't know what to make of the Bulls. Obviously, the Caruso injury affects them a lot. They do get Levine back, but they don't do well in his his first action back. Uh, And then the Heat, six-point favorites at home against the Knicks. Uh, I can see the Heat winning that game. Um, Knicks might get up for that opponent, but I think the Heat could get up for the Knicks in town as well, even though eh, the Knicks aren't that great. I think the Heat could take advantage of them there. This is a really fun NBA card here on Wednesday. There's a couple of spots that I really do like, and I'm probably going to have a little action going here on Wednesday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S. 
O-N-A-I-R. Get into a couple of uh, Championship Sunday things, uh, N- NHL, NBA, just lots to get into here on The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.